Starting a new journey with God requires you to fuel up before you begin. We're able to find our source in Christ. This is the third message in the series, Take the Journey. This message is entitled, Fuel Up. Here is Craig Brown. Well, hello, church family. I'm Craig Brown. I'm on staff here at Church of the Redeemer. I am the director of Celebrate Recovery. And I'm grateful. Oh, thanks. At least we have a, one recovered person. <laughs> Director of Celebrate Recovery. Um, and it's just an honor for me to be a part of this, uh, be able to share a part of this series. Um, my journey, our family's journey, has been uh, for the last 25 years here at Church of the Redeemer. And it's been a remarkable journey. And as you have, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, uh, you've noticed that, I mean, this is about a journey of transformation. This is about a journey of change. This is about a journey of healing and restoration in our life. That's what becoming a disciple is about. So we're going to continue on our study and on how, on taking the journey. And it's essentially taking a journey with Jesus. I mean, anything we do as a Christian believer, we have to have a guide. And there's no better guide than the Lord. Amen. Absolutely no better guide than Jesus. And we, or the goal is for us to become a true follower, you know, be completely committed to following him on this journey. All of us are on a different journey. The one thing we all have in common is history. All of us have history in common, and all of us have been on journeys uh, most of our life, amen? And the whole, the whole goal of a journey is to get to that destination. Now, the destination for us as a Christian believer is to see Jesus face to face that day. Amen? But in the meantime, he wants us to flourish here. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He wants us to heal. He wants us to, to uh, exceed expectations that we put on ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So becoming a disciple is a personal follower, a learner, and an imitator of Jesus. That's essentially what it is, a follower. We want to follow him. We want to learn from him. And we want to imitate Jesus. That's a, that's a tough task, isn't it? Tough task with, all, with our character defects and all the challenges that we have to deal with. But we can do it. Amen? We can do it and we can change. Jessica shared at the start of our series um, a couple of weeks ago about starting now. Say yes to this journey. This is one of the best journeys you will ever be on in your entire life, truly. And then last week, uh, Sam shared about going on the journey with people that are safe, people that you trust, and not going alone. I mean, if we go alone on a journey, that we're just out for a walk, right? But we go, the people you want to go, along, uh, go the, along on this journey with are right here in this particular sanctuary here at Church of the Redeemer. And the journey has been going on here for the last 35 years. 35 years since the O'Shields family handed out the first, the first flyer. And this journey continues. But what we want to do as a part of our series is to drill down even further. Drill down even deeper for each and every one of us to discover what we need to do in our life, what we need to change in our life, what we need, uh, uh, the, the things that we have that we, that we want to get rid of, the shortcomings and other things that get in the way. And I'm going to share with you today about the fuel that we need to be able to take this journey. 
Anytime we go on a journey with your families or whatever, you got to fuel up, right? I mean, you got to go to the pump, right? Well, the same is true with the Christian in our uh, journey here is becoming a disciple. There's no better pump to go fill up than, than the Holy Spirit. There's no better place to go to fuel up than with the Lord. And so we need him as our guide. We need to imitate him. We need to follow him on this journey. And we have to do it together. We have to say yes, and we have to start now. Now, let's go to our, we're going to go to our scripture that is the basis of this. And I get to use Pastor Dale's board. Matthew chapter 4, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were what? They were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, this is interesting, did they wait? No, no, I mean at once. They left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and they what? They left the boat and their father and followed him. You know, I really feel for Zebedee. I mean, I mean, Dad, look, they, Dad's in the boat all by himself. He's, you know, uh, wait, what? You know, I mean, where are you? Who is that? Who are you following? We have fish to catch. But they, they didn't hesitate to go on the journey. And, but I think we're, we're more or less procrastinators, aren't we? When Jesus calls or, or we have an opportunity to go, or have an opportunity to grow and change, we sometimes have conditions, don't we? Well, what time? What time will I be back? Who am I going with? And what, you know, do we have provisions? And man, these guys just said, I'm gone. In their heart, their heart was prepared to drop it and go. I don't know if we can say that about ourselves. It, it's just different. Let me, let me check, the, uh, check this out in the passage, passage translation. Jesus called out to them and said, come and follow me and I will what? I'm going to drill down on this. This is going to be a theme throughout this entire message, transformation. I love transformation, man. That's what recovery is all about. It's about restoring souls. Yeah, that's what recovery is all about. I'm going to transform you into men who catch people for God. And again, they left immediately, dropped their nets, and left everything behind. But the whole point of the journey we're on is about change. The whole point of the journey we're on is about transformation. The whole point of this journey is to be a better disciple, better disciple for the Lord. Now, I'm talking about fuel. I'm talking about just as we would as a family packing up and going, that's uh, exactly what we're doing uh, here as a part of our message. And the same is true when we're taking our journey to grow with Jesus. We have to be properly fueled. And that leads to our first point, say yes to the only thing that will fill you. Say yes to the only thing that will ever fill you, okay? Now, 
we can deceive ourselves and say that there are some things that drain us when they actually fill us and some things that fill us when they actually drain us. What truly fills us, what truly nourishes us is the absolutely best fuel, and that is the Word of God. Let's check out. Let's listen to Pastor Dale. Importance of taking a journey with Jesus. And we're using the example of how Jesus came by the seashore of Galilee and said to Peter, Andrew, James, and John, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And each of these men, these four men, along with the other apostles, the other disciples, made the choice to follow Jesus. They became disciples. They became learners, students of Jesus. And part of what you and I are being challenged to do in this, in this season is to make sure that we really are true followers of Jesus. And what does that mean? It means that we have developed a relationship and are developing a relationship with Jesus that is consistent, that we're seeking to learn everything we can from him. And obviously you cannot learn, none of us can learn what we need to learn about our relationship with God without a guidebook, without directions, without something that's going to nourish us in our journey and fill us up and fuel us to be everything that God wants us to be. And that really is found in two basic things. It's found in the Bible, in God's Word, taking in the Word of God, and also it's found in communication with God, prayer, learning to spend time with Him in fellowship and opening our hearts to Him in prayer. Now, the Bible is so important for you and me because it really does provide us that spiritual food that we need. In fact, there are many times in your life that the very thing that will help you to overcome a temptation or to deal with a problem or to handle a situation that you're unsure of is a promise from God, God's word or a direction from God's word or a warning from God's word or a correction from God's word, something that will help you to say, you know, this is where my life really needs to be. It's the guidebook for your life. Take a look at what the scripture says in Matthew chapter four, verse four, Jesus himself depended upon knowing God's word. In fact, as he's in the wilderness of temptation, as the enemy is trying to trick him and bring him into temptation, notice what he says, it is written and forever remains written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And every time that Jesus faced a temptation, he would declare, it is written, it is written, and he used a scripture. You and I need God's word inside of us so that we can be the people that God wants us to be. And the Bible is, is a book for you. I wanna remind you of that. The Bible is a book for you. And the best way to really learn how to get into the Bible and to experience it in your life is just to get on a consistent Bible reading plan, to have a plan, to have a time, to have a place. Let me give you those three things again. To have a plan, to have a time, to have a place to say, you know, this is the plan. This is what I'm going to, to use for reading the Bible. It can be uh, the simple plan of just reading uh, a few scripture verses every day as you read through different books of the, of the Bible. There are many different reading plans that you can utilize. Uh, I, I like to sort of take a book of the Bible and start and, and begin to read through it. And I read at whatever pace I, I feel comfortable reading it. I read to feed is what I say. I read until I'm hit, finding something that's meaningful to me. And there will be those times you'll, you, you may get stuck in a passage that you don't understand, but it's okay, you continue to read. So you, you don't always remember every meal you eat, but you are nourished by it. And the same is true with the Bible. When you read it, it's nourishing you. And then take time to record what you're reading. This is a very significant uh, help in your life to just get a little journal, a little notebook, doesn't have to be fancy. 
Just some little thing that you're reminded of from scripture, some word that speaks to you or something that finds a place in your heart, a promise that you take hold of. And this is God's word now, God speaking to you. The Bible is God's love letter to you. And you can't find the riches of that love letter until you open up the book. You know, the Bible is the number one seller around the world, the number one bookseller around the world. It's been that way for many, many years. But sadly, so many people have a Bible, but they never really open it, or they say, I can't really understand it. If you're new in your Christian faith, the best place to start in your Bible is John, the Gospel of John, and just read through that Gospel, 21 chapters that are there. It's great to read uh, maybe a psalm every day, or uh, as I will often do, I will take the psalm of the day. Whatever the date of the month is, I'll go to that psalm. If it's the fifth of the month, I'll read Psalm 5, and then I'll read Psalm 35, then Psalm 65, and Psalm 95, and Psalm 125. And by doing so, I can read five psalms a day based upon the day of the month. And through the entire month, I can read in, uh, through the entire book of Psalms, 150 chapters, five a day, you can read through it in the matter of 30 days. And maybe the book of Proverbs, take a proverb based upon a book of, uh, chapter from the book of Proverbs based upon the day of the month. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. So you can read one chapter from Proverbs every, every, every day of the month, and that feeds you. But get on some kind of consistent reading plan, and as you're, make sure you have a time, a regular time each day to do so, and make sure you have a place. It's a place that's set aside. That's where you're going to spend time with God. And then take the scriptures that you're reading and turn them into prayers. You know, sometimes my prayers are nothing more than just reading back to God what his word says. And it's really building a relationship with him. It's not a matter of knowing all the facts and figures and details of every little scripture verse, but it's about letting God speak to you, writing something down that is meaningful to you, and then praying over that and building your relationship with God. And not only do we do that personally, but we do it corporately. That's why church is so important. We'll talk more about that in this series. But being in church is where you're being taught the word of God. Listen to Hebrews chapter six, the first verse and the third verse. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us instead become mature in our understanding. And so, God willing, we will move further to, to toward forward to further understanding. So in other words, we get more understanding of God's word by studying corporately together. Uh, spending time in church once a week is a great time. In fact, even more than that, get into a small group that you can begin to study the Bible with. You can learn from other, other believers because just like anything in life, we not only learn ourselves, but we learn from other people. They're in their journey as well. And to make sure that we're also, as I said a few moments ago, spending time communing with God. See, our relationship with God is not just an intellectual relationship. Again, it's not just knowing a bunch of, bunch of information about God, but it's actually hanging out with him. And that involves prayer. And prayer is, is, is a simple thing as well. It involves just simply spending time, opening your heart to God and talking to him like a heavenly father, because that's who he is, a good heavenly father who cares about everything that's going on in your life. And you can talk to him about anything, bring every need, every concern. But what I would say to you is the most important part of this process is consistency, having a time, a plan, and a place. Consistently making sure that there's a time in my day. And you say, how much time, pastor, do I need to spend uh, in, in my devotional time? I never tell people how much time because that's really not the issue. 
The issue is not so much how much time every day you spend, but it's the consistency of spending some time every day. Because I'm confident of this, that if you start consistently spending some time with God every day by reading your Bible, studying your Bible, letting God begin to speak to you, journaling and reflecting upon and praying over the scriptures you're reading, I assure you that that's going to grow over time. You're gonna fall in love with God's word. You're gonna fall in love with spending time with your father because the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you taste, you see. When you begin to partake of his word at a personal level and partake of special time with him every day, in some meaningful way, you're gonna see how good God is and how he's filling up your life, how he fuels you and fills you like nothing else can. Can I encourage you, stop stuffing your life with the, with the kind of food out there that the world offers. Uh, all the stuff of entertainment that's out there so often we get caught up in. I'm not saying that every bit of it's wrong, but I'm saying that we often try to fill the void in our life through things that will never ever satisfy us. The word of God will satisfy you. Spend time alone with God in his word. Make a commitment to be a part of the life of, of the church because there's teaching that comes to you through God's word as you gather with God, God's people on a consistent basis. And the key word is consistent. No one can grow without consistent nourishment. You can't grow without consistent nourishment in your life. Make the choice, make the decision that you're going to be a learner, a disciple, a student of Jesus, and you are going to establish a pattern of being regularly in God's word and regularly in God's house for the teaching of his word. It'll make a huge difference in your life. Amen. So let's review what he just uh, shared with us. First of all, we have to have what? Plan. We have to make what? Time. We need a this is a pretty good place, Church of Redeemer. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. After 25 years, I've come to grow, you know, fond of being here on a regular basis. And then here, consistency. And that's, that's the theme. Everything, everything he went through is, is consistent. And that's, it's hard for us to maintain momentum when we're walking through this journey. Consistency is a learned practice. We have to overcome so many different obstacles, so many different challenges that life brings us. Wouldn't you agree? So many different challenges. But we need that consistent personal devotion. We need that consistent, the corporate teachings. Pastor Dale's been preaching his heart out here for 35 years. 35 years he's been, he's been preaching his heart out, you know? And, and through everything that we've done, every group, every ministry that we have that's a part of this is completely equally yoked with everything that comes from the pulpit. There's no better teacher. There's no better teacher in a practical application of God's word than our pastor. Wouldn't you agree? One of the best. So the corporate teachings is being, being consistent, being consistent under the covering and being in God's word. No better teacher, and consistent group studies. The, most, the best thing we can ever do in a church, in our church family, is to be part of specific groups. And I'll share more about that as we move along. I'm gonna, let's see, I'm gonna move further along here. Now, one of the verses that supports everything that he just said was uh, Psalm 119. I consider your word to be my what? greatest treasure, and I treasure it where? In my heart. Earlier I pointed out about transformation. The journey is about transformation. 
Okay, there's a journey of becoming a disciple, follower, learner, imitator of, God, of Jesus is to, is, to be, is to take our discipleship to a much greater letter, uh, level. We want to go from good to great, amen? We want to go from the JV to the varsity, let's say. But everything has to do with the transformation of our heart. And I'm going to drill down more, more on this in a minute. But to have a successful journey, to have a journey that is, that is taking us to a place of transformation, reformation, is everything about our heart. Now, we're going to share a few things. We're going to move on to the second point here in a minute. But before I do, um, we have to get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, and jealousy, and all unkind speech. The second point I want to make is say no to the things that drain us. No to the things that drain us. The first point was say yes to Jesus. Say yes to God's word. The second thing is say no to what drains us. So this is speaking, this is speaking true of behavior. Uh, and a lot of times in our life, we're dealing with a lot of different challenges and a lot of things that affect our journey, affect our heart, and affect, have a direct effect on our transformation. There are things in our life, when we say no to the things that drain us, there are things in our life that dilute the work and the Word of God in our life, and there are things that pollute the work and the Word of God in our life. Two different things. Things that dilute and things that pollute. Now, let's look at things that dilute. Now, for the last 22 years, as I mentioned, I've been a part of Celebrate Recovery here at Church of the Redeemer. And it's important that you not be intimidated by or put a stigma on recovery. Okay? Recovery is about restoring our soul, truly. A lot of people that think that recovery is for the addict or the drunk or the alcoholic or what have you. It's not. Reco um, recovery is not about addiction. We're all in recovery, wouldn't you agree? In some way, shape, or form, we're all recovering from something. Something. Right? But a lot of times, our, our fuel gets diluted because of unresolved hurt and pain and the pain of our past that we've never dealt with. Maybe you're here and you struggle with an addiction in the past. And maybe you've experienced sobriety, abstinence in your life, and you're, you're leading a healthy lifestyle, but you never went back and, was, and worked and allowed the Lord to touch the pain and the pain of your past. And as a result, you continue to struggle. Bitterness and resentments will dilute everything that the Lord is trying to do in our life if we, are, if we allow it. And then bitterness and resentment could just uh, simmer under the surface, and it can manifest itself in many different ways in our life and in our relationships if it's not handled and identified. Anger will completely dilute everything that the fuel, the, the Holy Spirit fuel that we need in our life. We all deal with anger to some degree, but it, sometimes it gets completely diluted because, um, you know, we act out, we rage. There's something that sets us off. It's just an issue. Character defects and shortcomings. Negative self-talk. If anything dilutes, we're always telling ourselves that we'll never make it. The enemy continues to tell us that, oh, remember, or you call yourself a Christian, but yet you're struggling in this area, in that area, in this area. 
negative self-talk. That's just something that the enemy just puts in our, light, in our ear on a regular basis. And then unforgiveness. These are all things that dilute, dilute the fuel that we need for our journey. These dilute it, okay? Now, let's look at the things that pollute. Destructive habits, behaviors, as I mentioned before, addiction. I'll be straight up with you. Uh, I've been to the pit of hell. Back in the early 80s, I worked at a business owned by the biggest cocaine dealer on the East Coast. And I got sucked up into the drug world, and I just I went straight to the pit of hell, and I spent years there and in the darkness, in the, in the emptiness. And it was, uh, I know all about depression, I know about anxiety, I know about darkness, I know about emptiness, I know about no purpose, no mission. I experienced all of it back then. When I was sucked up into the pit of hell. And praise God, last week I celebrated 36 years of being set free. But we still come and we still struggle with, some of you may be still struggling with an addiction of some kind, unhealthy patterns and relationships can pollute. Isolation, especially on the heels of COVID, right? Where you just feel all alone in your struggle and you, you can't even comprehend, how can I go on a journey when, I, when I'm struggling in this way in my life? But you can isolate even here in this big sanctuary. You can come here to hide instead of heal because you don't think anybody understands. Right? You say, how can I take a journey and become a better disciple, but yet I'm struggling with this in my life? Other areas of sin. And I want to drill down on this for a second because shame comes straight from the pit of hell. Okay? Shame comes straight from the pit of hell, and the enemy uses it in the life of Christian believers to keep you in bondage because you're afraid to speak up you're afraid to, to, to say that you have an issue because of the pain, because of the fear. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. Everything you've ever wanted. But the enemy puts this in the way to hold us in bondage and pollute everything that the Lord's trying to do in our life is here. You couldn't be in a better place if you struggle in your life than Church of the Redeemer. You really can't, you know? Because you know why? Because we're a church of empathy. You, you think that there's nothing, that no one understands you, you, you think that no one would ever believe or I'm afraid of, of sharing what I'm struggling with in my life because no one understands. You're surrounded by a church family that understands because so many of us have been to the pit of hell and back. So many of us have been to the valley and back. We, we, know, we know it. 
all too well. And I can speak on behalf of the staff. I can speak on behalf of everyone that serves in, our, in Celebrate Recovery and other ministries that they understand. There's no condemnation, no judgment, none of that. Empathy. One of the most underused in all of ministry is empathy. Why? And it's about understanding. I understand your pain. I understand your darkness. I understand where you've been. We understand, right? But the enemy will make you think that, that you're not worthy enough. He'll make you think that you'll never, ever change. You'll never, ever get to the place of wholeness. You'll never, why do you want to take that journey, he's going to say. Because, I, because and you're going to say, in, in Jesus' name, I'm going on that journey. In Jesus' name, there is nothing that's going to hold me back. In Jesus' name, I'm going to change. I'm not going to think any longer like the alcoholic. I'm not going to think any longer like the sex addict. I'm not going to think any longer like the, like the codependent. I'm going to think like a child of God. I'm going to act like a child of God, and I'm going to change my world forever. That's the journey we're all on together. That's the journey. That's the journey. Healing, restoration, life change. Yeah, and doing it together, right? Doing it together with safe people, as Sam shared last week. Doing it together with people you can trust, people that have been there, people that understand. I want to follow someone that has scars. I want to follow someone that's been to there and back. And that's what we're called to do on this journey with the right fuel, with the right fuel, when you fuel up with the right fuel. And there's no greater fuel than the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no greater fuel. And there's only one that can change and heal, restore, and fix us, and that is Jesus. That is Jesus. I think I lost my place, but I'm going to keep going. But you're asking yourself, why do I act this way? Why is it that I continue to struggle? Why, why? I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. The answer, it is what comes from inside that defiles you from within and out of a, or from within a person's what? Remember we mentioned this earlier. We mentioned this earlier, right? You're wondering, why do I act this way? Why do I give in to the trigger? Why do I, get, why do I avoid warning signs? Why is that? It's because, it's because of our soul, and we need to restore our souls, and that's what this is about. That's what this is all about. It's about restoring our souls. Listen, life is tough. Life is challenging. But if I'm going to go on this journey, and I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to stop running from the pain, and I'm going to run with him through my pain. And we're not going to do it alone. You hear me? It comes from the heart. Evil thoughts and all these different things and all the, you know, where's it? It comes from our heart. Lustful desires and all these, all these challenges. And that goes back to the things that dilute. If you've never dealt with the pain, if you've never dealt with the challenges, if you've never dealt with the trauma and you continue to dilute, right, in your life, it's damaging the soul. It's, it's what it does. The heart and the soul are totally equally yoked together. Totally equally yoked. And based on our experiences, we've been hurt. Anybody been hurt in the room? Anybody? Yes, we've been hurt. 
but we can be healed, amen? By becoming a better disciple, by becoming a follower, by becoming a learner and an imitator of Christ, then how do I change? Romans 2, 2, stop. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But by, and here's another word, remember this one? Be inwardly transformed by the what? Oh my, don't get me started. Through a total reformation of how you what? Oh my, you are magn, listen, you were wonderfully made. You, the Bible says you're a masterpiece. I know you don't feel like it. I know you wear the mask because you don't feel really good about yourself. You're a masterpiece. He made you in his image. You're, you're beautiful in his sight. And all he wants you to do is change your thinking. If I can change my thinking through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can be transformed. That is all we're doing on this journey together. I can be transformed. Please believe that you can be transformed. Because you can. Because you can. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a what? That's what we're striving for, amen? Any life with Jesus is beautiful, right? Any life with Jesus is just a beautiful life. Uh, just a beautiful life. You know, I got a few minutes. You know, ships um, don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because the water gets in them. And the same is true for our life. It truly is what we allow in. What we allow in to dilute, what we allow in to pollute is what brings us down. It just brings us down. But the good news is that we can start bailing that water, amen? Start bailing those issues, start bailing that water, start getting that stuff out of our life. On this journey is what we're gonna be able to do that. This transformation journey, this heart change journey. As I mentioned earlier, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. You have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to allowing Jesus to lead you, you to follow, and us to become an imitator. Amen? Well, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you give us to gather in your presence, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus, that how you teach us so gently that life is about changing the heart. Life is about transformation. Being a disciple is about growing, changing, healing, restoring all that has been lost and the things that have been damaged in our life. But Jesus, you're the only one that can lead, you're the only one that can teach, you're the only one that can guide us on this path that we're on as we take the journey. We just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will touch every one of our hearts and you will take us from a place of brokenness to a place of wholeness on this journey. Take us from a place of pain to a place of healing, we pray. We're so grateful for you, Lord, and all you do in our life. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done on the cross for each and every one of us. We love you for that. 
Be our guide, be our healer, be our strength. We pray. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.